IACB. My name is Doug Powell, and I'm running for a second term on the Board of Directors. I promise to continue to model leadership qualities, mentor leadership in others, and advocate effectively at the national, state, and local levels. I'd very much appreciate your vote. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome in. Take my hand. Say hello to who you know and who you don't and who you can. We'll give promise to your springtime and beginnings to your ends. We'll try not to be cautious, we'll be friends. Welcome in on a beautiful Friday to the beginning of a great 4th of July weekend for all of us. This is a great way to celebrate our independence, both as a country as a nation, and as ourselves. We have been a group that has proved its independence over and over and over again throughout the decades, actually throughout the centuries when you think about it. Um, I know that I had put out an announcement about tonight's call that included a special announcement. And before we get into the rest of our program for this evening... I am going to turn the microphone over to Mark Reichert, who is the ACB First Vice President. I've known Mark, I don't even want to guess how many decades, <laughs> a good number of years, let's put it that way. And Mark has is probably one of the world premier professional advocates for the blind. Uh, Mark has done so much both for ACB, for us as individuals. I remember back when um, a very dear friend of mine was uh, killed uh, in a subway accident, a subway accident, I guess is the best way to call it, mm. back in Boston in 1993. And Mark was one of the people who worked so hard throughout the country to get tactile warning strips on subway platforms and... You know, at least we have them today and has done so much more with children with special for special education, um, for seniors. And tonight, I think we're going to be primarily talking about seniors. And so without any further ado, Mark Reichert, the announcement time is yours. Oh, man. Terry, thanks so much. And uh, not fair that you... uh I think this is like the second or third time you've, you've, you've brought tears to the eyes of a crusty old policy lawyer hack. Uh, I don't know how you do it. Uh, I kissed the Blarney Stone twice. Ah, what can I tell hilarious. you? So, uh, but, but you, know, you really touched me with that reference to detectable warnings. And just uh, by way of sort of uh, walking down memory lane here, you know, one of the, the first actual protests uh, that I ever participated in, I don't mean just writing up you know, nerdy policy things, which seems to be how I mostly do what I do during the day, I guess. Uh, but actually real hardcore policy work, uh, protest work was in 1994, July. In fact, yeah, July, about this time, this month in 1994. And 
folks like Scott Marshall, Paul Schrader, any number of other people, other names I could drop, but one name in particular I want to drop, Marlena Lieberg. God bless her. And uh, we were all standing out in front of the uh, headquarters of the Washington Area Transit Authority when they were being so recalcitrant about putting down uh, detectable warnings uh, and truncated domes along the subway platforms. And there was Marlena Lieberg doing what only Marlena could do, screaming at the top of her lungs and, uh, you know, shouting out, granite, granite is for gravestones. And what she meant by that was that the WMATA, the, the, the subway folks here in Washington, were so proud of these little thin granite strips along the edge of the metro platforms. They thought that that was beautiful and perfectly fine. Uh, and her point, of course, as only she could make it, was baby girl, baby friend, that ain't enough. And uh, I can honestly tell you, I've never been, as I look back at things, I've never been prouder than to stand there with Marlena and Scott Marshall and Paul Schrader with a little, you know, black armband around my little, it was, I had a skinny arm back then. It's long gone. My arms aren't skinny anymore. And chanting away. Uh, that's what it's all about. And wow. On a, on a weekend like this, when we're celebrating our independence, I mean, it's those kind of memories that, uh, Holy mackerel, you really mean a lot. It is. It is. I'll tell you, Peggy McCarthy was the woman who got killed in Boston. And at that time, Charlie Crawford was the commissioner there. And he just did so much to get it done on the T in Boston. And we all did. And ironically, Peggy McCarthy, who was a very close friend of mine, um, was engaged to, at the time to my husband's very close friend. Yeah. And she was the one that got the two of us together. And <laughs> we're celebrating our 48th wedding anniversary. Oh, that's amazing. Holy <laughs> so mackerel. I guess she did gun. She did good for all of us in, in a very roundabout way. 48 years. That's that stubborn Irish in you. I only lasted 11. So uh, <laughs> hey, good, good, good for you. Well, I appreciate you having me on to do this announcement. I'm going to have uh, folks like Jeff, Tom, and maybe a couple of others back me up on this. But, uh, you know, I, 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 uh, I'm privileged during, during the day uh, to not only be the executive director for the Professional Association of the Blindness Biz, but uh, since January of this year, our friends in an organization called Vision Serve Alliance, headed up by my friend, Lee Nasahi, who's been working very closely with Dan Spoon and the leadership uh, of, a, you know, of uh, ACV now for, well, that takes months and months and months uh, to help uh, sort of refine uh, how we do what we do and think strategically, et cetera. Uh, since January, she uh, has hired me uh, to be uh, helping VisionServe and all of us think through what we can do uh, to advance the whole public policy agenda around aging and vision loss. And uh, fast forward now to, to today uh, for, for the announcement. And I've kind of alluded to this in other areas, but let's have this be the official uh, announcement that uh, we are about to uh, launch a major piece of federal legislation. Arguably, it's going to be the most comprehensive, certainly the most historic and inclusive piece of legislation having to do with aging and vision loss touching we think all of the most uh, significant and critical areas where there should be increases in not only funding, but also increases in awareness and sort of restructuring how we do what we do in this country. Uh, wrapping all that up uh, with a big 
bow in a piece of comprehensive legislation. And I had encouraged us to, you know, look, when you name a piece of legislation, yeah, I sometimes, uh, you know, you get names. I mean, the Americans with Disabilities Act, that's a memorable name. But uh, gee whiz, should, shouldn't we be thinking about how to literally and figuratively sort of incarnate uh, all of our ideas and commemorate them uh, in honor of someone that we know who reflects our values, that spirit of fierce advocacy, but also uh, is not only a consumer uh, in the blindness world or low vision world, uh, but is also a professional uh, with professional expertise working in the aging and broader disability world. And so I can think of no one better, I don't think any of us can, uh, than the lady who we are naming this piece of legislation after. And so I'm really pleased to announce that we will be naming this legislation Teddy Joy's Law after Teddy Joy Remhold, um, who I will confess to all of you, I didn't get to necessarily know, you know personally as well as perhaps many of you did. But holy mackerel, uh, talk about a force of nature uh, who uh, was a take-no-prisoners advocate, but who also carried herself with great grace as well as embodying that expertise. And the one thing I'll, I'll, I'll say, and then I'll shut up, uh, is uh, in sort of doing a little bit of research and sort of make, making my case uh, to all of the folks in our coalition, this aging and vision loss national coalition, uh, that, of course, ACB and AAVL and all of the rest of all, all the alphabet soup are a part of, uh, I came across a, uh, a, a lovely bio uh, that was done of her. It's a, uh, it was published in, in a, I believe it was a CCB uh, newsletter. And there's a great quote uh, from Teddy Joy, and it's essentially something like this. She said, um, I, I, I don't ever really think of myself as being sighted or blind and I don't necessarily feel like I fit in either of those worlds. And uh, honestly, I think that that feeling, that emotion, really kind of sums up uh, well uh, the predicament, the situational sort of you know challenge that older people experiencing vision loss uh, go through. They're, they're, they're not in our camp. They're not in the capital B blind camp. Uh, we would love to welcome them, and we need to do a better job of welcoming folks like that. But they don't necessarily feel like they are one of us, nor do they feel like they're any more in the sighted world. And so for that and so many other reasons, I'm, I'm just glowing with pride uh, that we can um, introduce to our community Teddy Joy's Law. And y'all will be hearing more about that. Right now, the the, the actual text is more in the form of sort of an outline narrative and uh the rest of us who are the real policy nerds will get into worrying about the chapter and verse and such like that in terms of the legislative language but um terry i'm really excited about it and thank you so much uh for letting me come on and and uh glow with pride about this on your show terry can i um as as those of you know who have paratransit i have a ride that's due in about 30 seconds so um uh, let me just speak for about one minute. This is Jeff Tom, president of the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss, for those who don't recognize my voice. And I want to say two things very, very quickly. The first is many of you have heard Mark Reichert at leadership conferences for years and have 
maybe heard him read resolutions on the floor. And, and I've had a lot of those experiences too, but I have had the honor due to working as the representative of the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss to be with Mark in all these meetings that have created this bill. And when Terry said he is one of the premier advocates in the blindness field, they are not mistaken. Uh, Mark's wealth of knowledge and experience and ability to bridge the gap between the consumer community and the the field of providers is, you know, I think unparalleled. So I just want to make that opening comment. But I want to get to um, to Teddy Joy Remhill because those of us in California knew her best. She was incredibly intelligent, rather tempestuous. She could be uh, uh, she could get very frustrated at the world and at people because they didn't get enough done for people who had recently lost their vision. She was an incredibly hard worker, both in the field of um, in-home care services for people with disabilities and seniors, and especially for people who are blind. And she was an, an, also a great consumer advocate in the California Council of the Blind and the American Council of the Blind. And I know that in California, we really appreciate the uh, chance to have a message bill named after her. And I wish I could say so much more, but but stay tuned for this show and everything else that will follow in terms of the bill that is now being messaged and the great job that Mark and others have done. So with that, I'm going to thank you. I'm being told to get out of here and I'm going out. So goodbye. Oh, enjoy your <laughs> evening and have a great weekend. Um, I knew Teddy Joy a bit when I first came to Maryland in 1999. Teddy was living here at that time. And I remember I went to my first ACB of Maryland convention and this woman came over and sat down at the table with, for lunch with us. And I don't think she ever stopped talking through it, but she, it was like she came over to deliver a message, you know, and that was it. And she was off. And I remember turning to Sue Crawford and saying, that woman is a whirlwind. She says, yeah, watch her. She's amazing. She was at that time working so hard on getting Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss off the ground. And um, she, was, she, was, she was an amazing advocate. And I think it's wonderful that, that the bill is going to be named for her. And Jeff, did you have anything else you wanted to add? For some reason, you're still showing up on my screen. <laughs> He's muted. He may have walked oh, out of okay, the room thanks. too. He may be gone. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. His paratransit showed up. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, Mark. Are, yes, you're still me. here, right? Can you give us just a couple of ideas of what? you're hoping to encompass in this bill? Uh, sure. So uh, we're going to be circulating an outline over the various ACB lists too here, hopefully uh, very, very soon, uh, maybe over this weekend if we can. Uh, but uh, the long and the short of it is, you know, in addition to expanding funding for the existing, frankly, the only dedicated program in America of serving older people with vision loss, the so-called OIB program, I, I don't know who was the genius who came up with this really memorable name for the program, but 
it wasn't me. Uh, uh, It's called the Independent Living Services for Older Individuals Who Are Blind uh, program. And and, uh, that that is not an acronym that spells out anything. Uh, It doesn't sound it. (laughs) I I, I think, Pacheco, you didn't have anybody over for your Irish mist cocktails, because if you had, maybe uh, we would have come up with a better acronym. But uh, in any case, uh, so that program has been woefully underfunded for pretty much the entire uh, its entire life. So, of course, we're going to throw uh, more money at that program. And I phrase it like that because, quite frankly, uh, you know, how much money is required? I mean, how would you fully fund a, a program that is supposed to serve easily 12.5 million older people experiencing vision loss, a population that's supposed to double, you know, in uh, most of our lifetimes, frankly, uh, no matter how old we might happen to be. Uh, the truth is there's not going to be enough money uh, for that. So if you know that, then you then you know that you have to sort of maybe uh, restructure or at least link up that existing program with other structures that exist uh, in this country, uh, such as they are. Uh, and not only do you link it with them, but you also have to make sure that those programs uh, are held accountable for including our OIB program, but also take some responsibility of their own uh, to provide quality services. So that's kind of the heart of the bill. And, you know, the rest is kind of details. So we're going to have a section, for example, a whole title of the bill on a new technology, uh, a dedicated technology program that's targeted at uh, folks who may be low income, uh, older folks experiencing vision loss. We're going to talk about uh, the need to uh, establish a central sort of nationwide clearinghouse and information and referral and public awareness structure and office on aging and vision loss that has the prominence, frankly, that this topic deserves. Anyway, there's a lot of details like that, but ultimately it's really about not only increasing funding, but uh, uh, linking up, coordinating, and expanding services nationwide such that Maybe finally, in the 21st century, we might begin, uh, you know, look, I'm, I was raised a Lutheran, so I'm sorry, uh, you're going to have to just put up with me. I, I mean, I think we, we have an obligation to take very seriously uh, the admonition, the historic admonition to honor our fathers and mothers. And uh, aging, aging and vision loss go hand in hand. And if we don't take this step, we're not honoring those who come before us uh, and uh, anyway, so I'm going to stop there before I get all choked up again. Anyway, thanks. <laughs> well, thank you so much. <clears throat> thanks so much for sharing this announcement with us tonight. Um, I know I talked with Mark yesterday, and he was going to put it out, and I said, what do you think we do it on visibility? So yeah. <laughs> I love that idea. Appreciate and, uh, it so much. Well, I appreciate you coming on and doing it, and I thank you, and the bar, you know, the bar is always open in my house. I'm not, <laughs> sure, I'm not sure what state you're in these days. But. Uh, Virginia. I'm in Virginia. Oh, okay. Yeah, then so, you're not far. <laughs> that's right. That's right. If the, the next knock you hear at about 9 p.m., that'll be me. So Okay. So okay. Get, 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 the, get, the, get the tumblers ready, lady friend. I'll, I'll be there. All right. Knock three okay. times. <laughs> All right. Take care, Terry. Take care, y'all. Thank you Thank so much. you, Mark. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now, then, that is, I just think that that's, that 
what I've heard about this bill, I've been doing a little work, a little work on the Vision Serve Alliance, and what I've heard on this <clears throat> about this, I think, is going to bring even more independence to so many people. You know, the, those coming up behind to not only to us and not only to those who came before us, but those. You know, that's one thing. Aging is one of those things you always hope you're going to be around for, regardless of how old you are now. Um, and I, I, I think it's a, it's a great start to this long weekend when we celebrate the, our independence. And with that, I'm ready to party. Um, so let's get some partying in before Mark shows up for my Irish mist. <laughs> <laughs> and... We're going to do that in just one second. Just give me a second to get myself organized here, which I got sidetracked. I was going to do all this while he while they were talking, and instead I listened to him instead of doing what I was going to do, what I was supposed to do. So let me turn that on and... Bring this back up. I was going to have this all ready to go when you folks came on. And we're going to get it working right. And let's all start thinking about some of those great fun things that we've done in the past and what we can do in the future. So I'll give you a little something to get everybody moving on. Roll out the Soda and pretzels and beer. Roll out those lazy, hazy, crazy days of summer. Dust off the sun and moon and sing a song of cheer. You know, I think we've all had some great summers in the past growing up. Um, I'd really love to hear some of your experiences through the years. So, Sheila, could you just remind everyone how to uh, raise their hands and unmute? And let's just have a good talk about some of the great things of summer in the past. Yes, ma'am. I would be happy to. So, if you're on a PC, it's Alt-Y to raise your hand. Alt-A to mute and unmute. On a Mac, Option-Y to raise your hand. Command-Shift-A to mute and unmute on and the app it's under the more options on the bottom right and double tap to um, raise hand and then lower left to mute and unmute and on a standard keypad it's star nine to raise your hand and star six to mute and unmute. And I think Larry Gassman has a story for us. Yeah. I have been fortunate to live by the beach forever because I live in Southern California from near Anaheim, maybe 30 minutes from the beach. We don't always go. 
especially in the last year and a half. But that will change. But some of my fondest memories of ha- was having either family and or friends, and we would go to the beach, get in trunks, swim for a while, come back, and have huge barbecues on the beach. We'd do s'mores with fire. We'd even get, later on as I got older, we would bring little, small little um, guns and you'd put, you'd put water balloons in them and blow them up and shoot oh, them at friends. That was so much fun and I didn't know where the heck anybody was because, you know, when you're on the beach, there's no way to hear anybody with the wind and the, and, the, and the surf. So I would have to rely on friends and say, a little more to the right, a little more to the right. All right, shoot! <laughs> It was great fun. I had a wonderful time, especially when it was John, because he never knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> that twin language didn't work out. It that did case, not. And I'm so happy. And then I was very quiet when it was his turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is fun. We did. We used to raise Kate on the beach. I was very fortunate in that um, I grew up summers down right by Cape Cod. And so I actually, until we moved to Maryland, I had never in my life lived more than six miles from the water, from the ocean. And um, we used to have some of my, probably some of my most independent, earliest independence um, took place in Onsis. You know, just when I was a kid, we had neighborhood friends. You know, everybody was... It wasn't like your own, like kids you went to school with, or you know, that or that were in the same grade as you, that kind of thing. But I had some great, great friends that I actually met with that didn't have anything to do with my family. Um, well, in that it wasn't like they were my sister's friends, that kind of thing. Um, in down and onset, and we just had, we always just had a great time. We used to do. I remember we used to, I was always on the bottom because I was a little on the hefty side. But we'd get six, at least six of us girls together and build pyramids. We'd all get down on all fours and build pyramids of ourselves on the beach. We had one very petite girl. She was always on the top. And um, I was going through some pictures recently. And it was amazing the things that we did down there. And, you know, I think that's why I love the summer. I have like an entire huge playlist of summer songs. Um, the summers in the mid-60s were just wonderful to me. Who else can tell us something about their summers? Well, Are you going to get very tired of listening to my stories? And, I, you know, if, if, if they don't raise their hand, I might tell a story. <laughs> <laughs> Because I grew up in Virginia Beach, so I <laughs> I've been on the beach. No hands raised. Ah, oh, come on, folks. Yeah, you you folks. If nobody is you, okay, let's try this. Who's got some great ideas or things that are great plans that you've got for what you're planning to do this summer? All right. Ah, there we go. Michael. Michael Smitherman. Well, I'm going to be home for the first time, second time in uh, 21 years. <laughs> you get to celebrate the 4th of July at home? What a concept. <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll cook out and just and have a few beers and just uh, relax and enjoy. 
I What's going like, on that grill? Well, I hadn't decided whether to uh, uh, grill some of my. Uh, I just made some homemade hamburgers, and uh, with Dale steak sauce and uh, garlic, mm. and, and we freeze them and put a hole in the middle of them. Uh, and when they when they get done, the hole is cooked. It cooks back together. So, and they don't really? shrink. It. Yeah, and they don't shrink as much. So that's your tip for the the summer for making homemade. And what's that like? About the size of your like your thumb hole, uh, like a yeah thumb, your thumb, thumb hole fitted? or your um, in, index finger. You know, just make a hole all the way through, and when the burger cooks, the hole out is done. For heaven's sake! Now I didn't believe that, and uh, but as the guy that I was my supervisor at Baptist told me, then I said, "You got to be lying." And uh, he didn't appreciate that, but uh, <laughs> kidding might have been a better word, Michael. Oh might no, <laughs> not not for me it was. But anyway, we tried it and it worked. So we, when we make our hamburgers today, we still do that. And it for heaven's sake! But I don't know if it's going to cook hamburgers or ribs. Mm. We might just have to do both. Hey, you can do both. You can always do the ribs in the crock pot. Well, I could, but you know, nothing then, like and, outside. Well, and then you take them like when, like, and just stick them. My sister-in-law does it. She'll oh, cook yeah. them in the crock pot, and then for about the last like ten minutes before we're going to eat them, my brother will stick them on the grill just to give them that little bit of crisp on the outside. But they're Never already, but, about that. but they've always kind of. They're already kind of infused, if you will, with the uh, uh, with the barbecue sauce and such. We might have to try that, you know, and, and see if that'll work. It should. But anyway, you know, growing up, we didn't know what the beach was because we grew up in North Mississippi. Uh, there was a lake when we went swimming on, you know, on the 4th. But the beach, now nah, it just had, we had mud <laughs> on the, on the lake bank, you know, but so we didn't, I didn't know what a beach was till I got in school. You know, I remember the year I went down to do the, I went down to the, was invited down to the Mississippi convention and, oh. um, God, that's yeah, going to be, <laughs> I remember. it was a number of years ago and, um, and it, when we finished, Frank was with me. And when we finished, we went down. Uh, when it was over, Kenny and his wife, Anne. I can't Anne. say her name. It's, it Anne. is Anne. Okay. Yes. Um, Kenny and Anne took us for a great uh, guided tour around Biloxi and that whole area, the uh, Gulfport and that. And, you know, having grown up on the ocean, the Gulf of Mexico meant like, nothing to me really it was like <laughs> what is a gulf and, and i couldn't get over how it, i know it sounds silly but how big it was and how much it was like the ocean um and that just struck me what was yeah. and i mean we had a great time that week that weekend down there and i remember that it took us to there was a church that we went to and such and that was the year before hurricane katrina yeah, two thousand and four. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know That's Frank right. and I just we, that that day when when it was on CNN and such 
what was going on. It was like, that's where we were. We saw that. That's what's missing, what's gone now. And it was just, I was just so glad that we got there the year that we did. Good thing. Before the hurricane. Well, our choir went down Thanksgiving to, between Thanksgiving and Christmas to do Christmas music in four different places. And we stood on the beach on Highway 90, which runs all the way across the beach. There was nothing there. Um, yeah. Absolutely nothing except trees piled 15 foot high on the side of the roads. Thank God. <laughs> I remember when we were there, there was a dock or a pier that went way out. And I couldn't believe how far out it went. I mean, it was like a really long walk all the way out on it. <laughs> and, and, and I remember seeing that on TV that that was just in shambles, what was yep. left of it. Uh-huh. And that, but. It, I think they've rebuilt, and, you know, it's what we all do. When something goes wrong in our lives, we have to rebuild from it. Yep. And uh, it's kind of what, I guess, we're all kind of experienced at that around these days. Too much. Indeed. So. All right. Who <laughs> else is going to step up and share with us? Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, you don't start talking. I'm going to continue. Oh, there you go. I knew that would get some hands up. (laughs) All right, Kathy. Okay, I think I'm unmuted. Yes, you are, Kathy. Hello. Hello. Um, I'm um, I'm from Albany, New York, which we don't have any beaches here, but uh, for several years. Uh, we did go over to Cape Cod and uh, rent up a house for a week or so on the beach. And, and that was fun, you know, to go out on 4th of July and watch the fireworks on the beach. That was neat um, by the ocean. Um, but one one story, one quick story I'll tell you is um, my my parents were originally from Ohio and we moved to Albany uh, because my father's because of my father's work. And my aunts, his sisters, would come and visit us in the summer. And one time we went over to um, Maine, um, and we decided that we wanted to try lobster. We had never had a you know, <laughs> le- real live lobster. There was my parents, me, and his three sisters. So there were six of us, and we went to this little place, um, you know, an out- outdoor place, and you could pick the lobster, and they they. They cooked it for you. And so we're, the six of us are sitting at this picnic table with this one lobster (laughs) trying to figure out how to, you know, crack it open and get the meat out. And there were, there were these, this um, couple of guys sitting at another table. And I think we really provided them with a lot of entertainment. They finally came (laughs) over and showed us how to crack the lobster and get the meat out and all that. Um, they were very gracious about the whole thing, but I'm sure that they had a few laughs on us. <laughs> I think everybody does. <laughs> Taking a lobster apart is pretty tricky, and it's not something I like to do. Um, <laughs> my brother used to have a string of traps, and <clears throat> when his kids were little, he would he had I don't know he had four or five traps, and he'd go out on my father's boat once a week and and harvest them. And uh, it got to where my niece was about four years old and she was 
Do we have to have it again, Daddy? <laughs> Everybody else was like, Denise is making lobster salad. She froze it, but we can have it for, th- for Christmas, right? <laughs> Everyone else is excited, but the kids were like, again? <laughs> Whereabouts on the Cape did you, uh, Brent, do you remember? Uh, we, there were, we were a couple in a couple places. Um, one year we were in Hyannis. And and then we were out in Brewster another year. Ah. We liked it better in Brewster because it was quieter. Yeah, and Hyannis we were, is really like a city now. Yeah, we were nearer to the uh, National Seashore Beach on uh, in Brewster. We liked yeah. it better yeah. there, yeah. It's lovely yeah. country. It's lovely area. It's very yeah. open, open ocean practically there. Brewster, Somebody for anyone who doesn't know, is kind of, if, if you picture Cape Cod as like, if you... Bent your arm up from your elbow. Cape Cod is like an arm with the elbow, and Bruce is kind of on the inside of the uh, uh, of the elbow, like right at the elbow joint, mm-hmm. where um, places like Orleans and yep. Provincetown and that they're like out where the fingers are at the yeah. race yeah. point that area. I yeah. was up by the shoulder actually. <laughs> Yeah, someone was telling me the other day that, uh, you know, because of all the hurricanes that we've had over the years, the National Seashore Beach has eroded quite a bit, and it's not as big as it used to be. No, and that's the same case down in Chatham. They've had a lot of problems with erosion. Mm-hmm. and uh, But it's still a pretty darn beautiful place to go. It is. It is. Well, thank you for joining us. And Beth, if you want to unmute. Hello? Hi there. How are you this evening and how was the 4th of July in New Mexico? (laughs) Um, I don't know. We're still kind of, they haven't really lifted anything up. Maybe she will. I don't know. Um, well, being a military brat, we did know what the beach was. Um, our first experience with the beach was in in England. Really? Uh huh. And did you get uh, to do much swimming there? Or? Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, we even we we wanted to go swimming the all the way into the English Channel, but my <laughs> my dad didn't. He's like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. You can <laughs> you can swim on the outskirts of it, you know. Oh my goodness, I do. I know. Go I that know far what you out. mean. I know what you mean. You know, back in. The early the during the Kennedy administration. Does anybody remember there was um, on the whole physical fitness thing? There was the idea of walking fifty miles, the fifty mile walks, and um, we got into. We were all swimming before my sister. Literally, we have movies of my sister crawling down to the water and dog paddling when she was eleven months old. So we were all oh, swimmers, yeah. very young, and. One summer in particular, I want to say it was probably the summer of 63, maybe 62, I actually did 
do what we would do is we would try to we would we decided we would swim 50 miles we weren't walking we were going to swim 50 miles and we kept a chart down at the red cross uh office on the beach and you'd put in how many laps you swam each day and i actually did do it i did do it twice in one summer I think if somebody wow, asked that's me, pretty cool. I think if someone asked me today to swim one lap, I'd probably pass out before I got halfway across. But at that time, um, we we did that, and I remember us uh, getting in, kind of getting in trouble for wanting to go out, like into the Cape Cod Canal swimming. And then the harbor master having a fit with us, but. He also had a fit with me when I used to take my rowboat, try to take my rowboat out to the canal, too. <laughs> well, but you know yeah. what it was? What it was, it was very logical. We were girls. We were about 14 years old. And the Coast Guard Academy was right at the entrance to the Cape Cod Canal. And so you, we, we go looking for boys. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh my God! When I think of the things we did on that beach, <laughs> um, I like they, the beach. I wish we did. I wish we did have some here, but unfortunately, we, we don't. I wish we did too. We just have the Rio Grande here. <laughs> that's an interest. That's something I have done almost almost none of. Only once have I ever swum in a river, and actually, I only went because. My father and my sister and brother rented a canoe that got tipped over. We won't get into the details. And they sent me in surface diving to get the stuff that fell out of the canoe. Um, oh, geez. Yeah. Before it went over the waterfall, a half a mile, about a quarter of a mile down. Um, other than that, I've, I've never done a river. I've done lakes and well, ponds, we- but... I've always often we done grew up swimming in a river because my grandma had one along the edge of her farm. And so that was pretty cool. Oh, that would be cool to have one so close. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for, let, for chatting with me this evening. Um, Kathy uh, Casey. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think what we're going to do maybe is we might have, go to a barbecue or something. Oh, and, well, you enjoy it. You enjoy yourself. That's what really counts. That's what really counts on, you know, this is like the official beginning of summer. You know, we know it started a couple of years ago, but this is, this is the beginning of it. And, you know, my mother always used to say, once you hit the 4th of July, the next time you turn around, it's Labor Day. And um, so we need to really enjoy every bit of the next couple of months that we possibly can. So you exactly, go ahead and before do that. they put us on lockdown again. <laughs> <laughs> don't even, don't even, oh, I don't even want to ponder that oh. idea. <laughs> oh, I know. Not going to ponder that idea. All right. Well, thanks for chatting with me tonight, Beth. Okay. And, um, I think we're going to move on now to Kathy, um, Kathy Casey. Hey, good afternoon, good evening, um, everyone on here. and. I just uh, heard Kathy Farina on here, and she's only up the street from me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, as far as past Fourth of July's, when I was growing up, we had a summer house in the Catskills, 
and or at least at that time it was a summer house and when my father retired we lived on long island and we sold that house and then moved there catskills permanently and the house had a swimming pool now don't picture a swimming pool as what you would today with filters and chlorine and all that good stuff <laughs> this was a built-in swimming pool which was fed brook fed uh oh, wow. with, a, with a valve on the lawn and the pipes running underground from the brook and you did not have the only heat you had was solar heat, and if if you were lucky, it would it would be warm enough to to go in. But you had to jump in to to appreciate it. If you walked in, you'd probably freeze your you know what off. <laughs> um, but we we didn't care when we were kids. We didn't care. But the the biggest thing was you had to remember if you were home and it started raining really hard. You had to remember to run down and turn the valve off. Otherwise, we had mud in the pool, ah. which meant we'd have to drain the pool, wait for it to kind of dry, get those great big push brooms, get rid of the dirt, clean up the pool, and refill the pool. And refilling the pool took about three days. Oh, my gosh. So that was the memories of summer. And then we always had sparklers. And, yes. You know, and you can't even get them anymore. They're, they're even illegal to buy unless you go into a state that can sell them. But here in New York, it's uh, <clears throat> not legal. But I remember doing sparklers and waving them around and all that good stuff and I think about it now, and I was like, oh, my God, we did that. We could have set the darn house on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. It. We, yeah, we used to do the sparkles all the time. Does anybody remember we also used to get, we called them punks, P-U-N-K-S. It was, it was some, allegedly kept the mosquitoes away. And it was just oh, like. Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, they're like citronella. Well, it's kind of, they were just like a, like a like a stick with, I mean, they were only a quarter of an inch thick, probably in diameter rather. And you lift the top of it and you kept blowing on it to keep the, to keep the light, the, the heat, the flame. It wasn't really a flame. It was, um, you know, just more like a, a burning, the bur- to keep it burning, if you will. Hmm. We used to get those, uh, we had a, uh, an open, sh- uh, shell a stage and every night they would have old movies or a talent show or a sing-along or something there when we were kids and there were uh benches that of course you didn't sit on because that's where the old people sat the kids we all <laughs> sat over under the trees so that our parents wouldn't see us smoke hot sneaking cigarettes and um but we'd always have these punks that supposedly kept the mosquitoes away. I never thought it really worked, but we used to stop and buy them at the little gift shop on the way up the uptown every night. Ah. <laughs> I didn't know if anybody ever, I don't, I have no idea what they were even made of. Probably something that will probably kill us all in the end anyway, but who knows? <laughs> who knows? We, uh, you know, that's, 
but you're right. As soon as Fourth of July comes, that's like the peak of summer, and then it just goes all downhill from there. Ah, uh, but you can have some good times on that on that trip back downhill. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. What that's are you planning true. to do this summer? Actually, I have no plans. Um, they do have a fireworks display here in Albany, and it used to be. I could go across the street, sit on the lawn chair and watch it from here. But the trees grew, so we can't see it anymore. It's either the trees grew or they're not shooting up high enough anymore. Ah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, I've got a couple of, I, I have some ideas for folks. Um, getting back into, <clears throat> excuse me, getting back into the idea of independence and um, and thinking about the, some of the great uh, things that have gone that we've had to enjoy in the past, I um, did a little research this week, and just fouled up my computer. I did a little research this week and looked for. I found a, a couple of different places on Google that were the fifty most fifty best summer movies. And so I took the list and I said, I wonder how many of these are actually audio described. So I went to the ACB ADP website and there's this wonderful little button on there that's called the master list. You put in the name of a movie and it comes up whether it's available on Netflix or TV or in a DVD or on video on Amazon Prime, or it just goes through a whole list of different possibilities, and it'll tell you where it's available. You know, of the fifty movies that I found, now I would venture to say, not too many years ago, there might have been four or five of them that were audio described. But you know, I went through and I found over twenty-five of them were audio actually audio described. And I thought that was pretty cool. So I brought up the list here. And just, you know, for anyone that's looking for something to do this weekend, um, there's a lot. Just, you know, you know, or any time during, uh, during the summer, occasionally we do get rainy days. They aren't much fun. But some of the things that I was, I was, I was surprised at some of the ones I couldn't find. But some of the ones that I did um, go back to as early as 1961 with the original Parent Trap or in 1967, um, The Graduate. That was the first movie we ever went to, Frank and I ever went to see in the movie, in the theater. Um, Jaws, of course, from 1975, 1978, Grease and Grease Live. I have no idea what Grease Live is, but that's available. Um, all of the, about four at least, of the Friday the 13th movies for those that are into scary stuff, horror stuff. Um, you probably won't find me watching those this summer, but my favorite, this has to be one of my all-time favorite some, uh, movies, because I'm not usually that much into sitcom type things, but National Lampoon's Original Vacation. I love that movie. Um 
that came out in 1983. I couldn't believe it was that far back. 1984, Ghostbusters. They also have the later version as well. Is also audio described. 1986, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, 1989, Do the Right Thing. 1991, Point Break is available on DVD. 1993, Dazed and Confused. 1995, um, I can't read what I wrote, Clueless. Uh, 1995 was also Now and Then. Um, and that must have been a big summer for, a big year for summer movies, uh, because there was also, um, the Bridges of Madison County. I know some of us did a tour when we did the convention in Des Moines out to Madison, to the, uh, to where they did the Bridges of Madison County. Uh, 1996, Independence Day. And, and something else. What is it? Oh, and Resurgence. Independence Day, and then there was a second movie, Resurgence. 1997, I know what you did last summer. Um, 1998 was The Parent Trap, the second, the updated version of it. Um, 2000 was Charlie's Angels. All of these are available in audio description. And most of them are available, um, on Amazon Prime. 2001 was Wet Hot American Summer First Day of Camp and 10 years later. Um, 2004 was The Notebook, 2008 was Forgetting Sarah Marshall, 2008 was also uh, Mamma Mia, the movie, and Here We Go Again, Um, 2016 was Ghostbusters, 2017 was uh, Call Me By Your Name, I was just surprised that there were that many that were, um, you know, of that list. There were some that unfortunately were not on there that I was hoping were. One of the ones that totally surprised me that I could swear came out on audio descri- audio described, but I could not find it, was um, Stand By Me. I, I could swear I remember watching that with audio description, but I couldn't find that. But, you know, I, I was thinking afterwards, there were all those... Annette Funicello and Frankie Avalon movies and such from back in the late 50s and early 60s. And some of them, I'm not sure how much audio description you need for some of those. Uh, but there was, but I was surprised at all the ones that were on there. That, Mystery, um, I think it have- says. You have five minutes, and you have a hand raised. All right, so, thank yeah. you, Sheila. But I think it's—I think it's amazing to think of how far we've come on audio description that Amen. we managed to come up with that. <laughs> I really Amen. do. Um, and whose hand do we have Kathy? raised, Kathy? Kathy. Yeah, I just wanted to let you know that the—I um, believe the Grease Live is the um, Broadway version of that. Ah, that would make sense. Yeah, the the stage version of that. Well, hopefully everyone is going to have um, too much to do to to watch that many movies this summer. Uh, But if something on there uh, suits your fancy, it's definitely available. 
Um, one of the other things that you can do, just kind of, I, I get nostalgic. I'm going to spend the evening, I think, with, uh, on, I, I, we use Amazon Music, but I'm sure you can probably do the same thing with, uh, Apple Music. Is I just tell Alexa, um, just play music from 1967, you know, something like that. Or I've asked her just to play summer music, summer music. And it's amazing the things that she will come up with. And, um, Terry, you have Debbie and Green. Do we have anybody else? Yes. That, oh, great. Thank you, Debbie Sheila. Green. I just have a little quick thing that I've been doing in, over the last couple of summers. I have uh, two grandsons who come to visit me. And one of the fun things that we have done is, is put up a tent in the backyard and just do some camping in the backyard. <laughs> and that's, that's the best way to not have to run to a public latrine. <laughs> you bet. You bet. And the, the boys, uh, the boys do great. They, this year we just, we already had a couple nights out a couple weeks ago in the backyard and they are, um, they're seven and 10 and, um, oh. and we just had a blast, um, sleeping, you know, taking snacks out when it, catching some lightning bugs and, um, and then taking some snacks to the tent and eating and sleeping in as long as we want and listening to the birds first thing in the morning. And it's a, it's a great way to spend some time. That is, that's a great, and they're a great age for it too. Yes. Yes. They really are. Yeah. yeah that is a great, that's, that is really cool. Thank and, you. Um, Beth, you, you have Beth. Beth, can did you have something else to let us? Yeah, we used to we used to do that too. We used to camp out in the in my grandma's farm on on her farm like that. We had a big old tent like that, and a lot of the cousins would camp out and eat snacks and you know, like you say, roast marshmallows and stuff. No, what I was going to tell you was there's um I bug today. That's what it's called. Uh, the iBug group, they do an audio described movie every Friday night. And it's, I got to see Grease last week. It, it, a lot of their movies that they have are pretty good. Oh, really? Well, that's great. Uh -huh. Have you heard of them, iBug? Um, I'm not sure that I have, actually. They're for like the Apple stuff or like, well, they do droids too, but I mean, you know, but like they... It's called I and then Blind Users Group, but you can find them at iBug Today for anybody who well, iBugToday.com. But but it's uh, they help you with your Apple stuff and all that. Well, thank and, you uh, very much. And so every Friday about. night they show an audio described movie. Well, that's great to know. All right, we'll have to we'll have to. I don't know what they're we'll going to show tonight because I wasn't there Monday to. I'll have to. I will have to take a look at that. Anybody else uh, knows anything about it? And let us know next week. Thanks very much, Beth. I want to right now. I want okay. to thank. Cool. I'd like to thank Larry Gassman for streaming again for us this evening, and Sheila for hosting. I really needed her tonight for doing this um, because I'm trying to do something fancy at the same time, and uh, I don't always get real fancy too well. But um, what am I doing wrong here? Let me. I just want to let you know that next week 
we will be um uh, phyllis person is coming back next week and we're going to talk about dreams um, yeah. probably a little bit more about the from the sleeping thing from last week uh her sleep well um and have a good night and she's going to talk more about um the whole process of dreams and so I would like to love to have you all back next week. Also, next Sunday, the 11th, <clears throat> Anthony Corona has asked me if I would guest host Sunday edition um, on ACB Media um, between 1 and 3 Eastern. And we're going to do it on the women of ACB. And it's kind of uh, the women that are going to be running for office. It's uh, the Women's Concerns Committee, the Women's Committee. And I think we're also going to be doing uh, a segment with um, some people on special education. So I just wanted to thank you all for that. I want to tell you, and I'm hoping I can talk fast enough. I can't. It's 8 o'clock. Um. If we have to go off, Larry, we do, but I'll say, I'm just going to try this. One of the most beautiful things that anyone can hear, see, or feel, in my estimation, takes place in Boston every year on what's called the Esplanade. It runs along the Charles River, and it's a grassy area that has a shell at the end of it. It's a huge looks almost like a scallop shell turned vertical and the Boston pops plays there every year so that the good music is available to everyone was their original intent. They always do the 4th of July up until last year and this year. Um, From there, they always play the 1812 overture while the fireworks go off over Boston common i'm sorry boston harbor and they have even managed to sink them so that they go off at the same time as the timphonies and the cannons do in the 1812 overture and i don't think there's anything since boston is where all of this began i don't think there's anything that's more beautiful no matter whether you're hearing it or listening to it or watching it on television or they're feeling it just <laughs> come through the ground at you, then the 1812 Overture with the Boston Pops. And so what I'd like to do is just play a little bit of it for you now as we sign off for this week. Very and thank you all for joining me. Yeah. And it should play now. Yeah. 